Welcome to our live experience, the online teaching ministry of Pastor Pascal Ngui. Pastor Pascal is the senior pastor of our live Bible church, a vibrant and growing church with branches across South Africa. Pastor Pascal teaches the word of God with accuracy and power, always leaving his audience empowered, challenged and ready for change. As you listen, get ready to be blessed by the Holy Spirit. Now, let's join the message already in progress. I can rise, you can rise, part three this morning. That's what we are dealing with. Amen. Say with me, I can rise. I will rise. I am rising. One of the reasons why we can rise is because Jesus rose. They kept him in the tomb. They roll a stone and they put guards. Hey! Have you ever seen a dead man being guarded to ensure he doesn't come out? But the Bible says in the first day of the week, the angel came and rolled away the stone. Oh, yeah. And Jesus came out. An angel will come and roll the stone of poverty from your family. An angel will come, oh Jesus, and roll the stone of sickness and disease from your family, from your personal life. An angel will come. You see, you must believe in the ministry of angels. An angel helped Jesus come out of the grave. And angels are ministering spirits sent to minister to those who will receive salvation. So expect angelic ministration. An angel helped Peter get out of prison. I believe in angels. I, are, I'm with them all the time. If you will rise, it will take an angel to rise. It's part of the spiritual cost. Angels must be involved. And I want to invite you, especially this morning, to our Easter conference from the 2nd to the 4th of April, just in a few weeks ahead. We, we always call our conference Reason, so it's going to be Reason 2020. Make time, make sure. I think by next Sunday, I will give you more details about it. Make sure you don't miss it, because you will rise indeed. Amen? This morning in our service is testimony time. When I say testimony time, you say my breakthrough time. Remember, offering time is my blessing time. Testimony time. Why do we say testimony time, my breakthrough time? Because somebody's testimony is an idea of what your testimony can be. By listening to a testimony, you can receive your own testimony. Testimonies are very important. The Bible says, the woman who was healed by the issue of blood went and told people, and later, a whole group of people came to touch the hem of Jesus' garment, and they were all healed. Why? Because she told them about what happened to her. When you listen to testimonies, you learn how God operates. And when you apply what the person did, what God did for them, he will do for you. 
So this is a testimony from one of our beloved sisters regarding raising this series that we are on. And it's a documented testimony. She says, Dear Pastor Pascal, for the past few weeks, I've been listening to your word over and over again. Overcoming sexual sin. It's been something that had it's been something that had bound me for years. It's been a personal war raging inside of me. Now, as I'm listening to your word, I can rise. It's opened my spiritual eyes and ears even more. Been listening to it over and over again. How it all ties in with what I've been battling with all these years. How this spirit of infirmity gripped my life. How it manifested itself through low self-esteem caused by abuse, divorce, and tangible loneliness. How this natural problem became a spiritual problem for me. How true it is that something that is covered by the bandage can never heal. I have been hiding all this behind the feminineness in me, making up Makeup, I've been hiding it behind the feminist in me, behind makeup, behind high heels, etc. Your word, Pastor, has opened up my eyes. Something only a touch of God can heal. Like when Jesus called her, he called her not by name, but by her feminism. Woman, you are free. This just makes me want to jump for joy. How he calls a woman from her past. The tools you are giving us are promises that I can overcome these feelings and I am rising. Just as Jesus calls me forward as he called the infamed woman, he is the great physician who pours healing oil on our wounds. All I need to do is to uncover my wounds in his presence and he will begin to heal me. This word is changing my life and the way the series follow each other, all glory to God. I have been listening to Apostle Joshua Selman also, listening to his word, unlocking the greatness, also his intense worship while praying. I believe greater things will happen in my life as I am spending more time in prayer and listening to your word and being in his presence as the word says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God thank you pastor Pascal for being the godly man God has chosen to lead teach and to guide me you are a blessing amen, amen. hallelujah I tell you, I'm touched by this testimony, even though it is a work in progress. Few things that I pick up from there. God speaks to his people after the preacher has preached to them. It's a certain thing she mentioned. I actually never mentioned them about Jesus being the great physician, opening your wounds, he will heal them. But these are things God started revealing to her. And there's something very important she says twice. 
She kept listening to the word over and over again. I don't know when we will learn this. I don't know when we will learn that that is what it takes to break free. I see believers bound by all kinds of things. And they are not making any effort to break free. Because they think freedom will come like a dream of the night. There's nothing like that. I've been teaching you this month that to rise, you will need the help of God. Let me put it this way. To rise, you need the help of a spirit. I think that is more exact. To rise, you need the help of a spirit. It can be the Holy Spirit or it can be an evil spirit. It can be God or it can be Satan. But nobody rises in this world without the help of a spirit. And, and I think people of the world understand this very well. No matter how talented they are, they need a muti. Don't be fooled by those CEOs you see sitting behind beautiful desks. They have spirits behind them, controlling the whole thing. They attend meetings at midnight. If they can open up to you and tell you the type of sacrifices they had to make, you will know that nobody rises by chance in this world. Satan appeared to Jesus and said to him, look, I can give you this, I can give you this, I can give you this, I can give you this. But I want you to do something for me. I want you to bow and worship me. Jesus says, get thee behind me, Satan. It is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him alone you shall serve. What is the conversation all about? Satan is offering Jesus everything for bowing down. And Jesus says, no, I'm going to go with God. And I believe God will give me those things and more by worshiping him. God is a spirit. Satan is a spirit. And every day you are given a choice to choose. Every one of us has to choose which spirit we're going to go to ask help from. Because later the Bible says, and God gave Jesus a name that is high above every other name. Satan was offering Jesus some small things on earth. God gave Jesus everything on earth, everything in heaven, everything under the earth, including Satan himself. It takes a spirit to rise. It takes spirituality to rise. So we saw last week, number one, be born again. Be in Christ. It's different from being in the church. The woman we saw about was in the church, but she was still bound. It took Jesus to set her free. It is when Jesus entered the church and entered her life that she got free. And Jesus is the word. Jesus is the word. So it takes the word for you to break free. That's why coming to church and toying with the word can never help you. Coming to church alone is not what helps you. It's allowing the word to enter your life. 
Please take advantage of the podcast. Now it is available and the messages are for free. Download them on your phone. Instead of watching funny things, go on YouTube, watch the message, the service again. Listen to it again and again. Brothers and sisters, I'm telling you, something is going to start happening to you. In the name of Jesus Christ. The second thing we saw last week was that you must get empowered. Get empowered. And we spoke about the fact that you need the Holy Spirit to be empowered. Praise the Lord. Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6, the Bible says, It is not by mind nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Certain things in your life will never be moved by the power of education, by the power of you being beautiful, by the power of you being young, by the power of you being old, by the power of you having connections, it's by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the good news is the Holy Spirit is available for you. The book of Joel and the book of Acts, actually 2, 17 and 18, the Bible says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit. Not money, my spirit. Why? It takes a spirit to rise. Listen, Elijah asks Elisha, I'm about to go. What do you want me to do for you? What should I give you? What an open invitation to choose anything you want. But listen to the words of Elijah. I want a double portion of your spirit. Why? Because Elisha knew it takes a spirit to rise. I don't need your money. I don't need your car. I don't need your house. I need your spirit. If I have your spirit, I will have everything. Give me a double portion of your spirit. The Holy Ghost is not only for speaking in tongues, my brothers and sisters. It's for elevation. It's for elevation. Then number three, we so you need to get delivered. Now I know there are theologists out there that once you are born again, you don't need deliverance. Listen to me. Listen to me very well. Lazarus was dead for four days. Jesus came and spoke a word and Lazarus was brought out. But amazingly, Lazarus was brought back to life. But he was still bound. And Jesus says to them, lose him and let him go. Jesus didn't lose the man who he brought him back to life. A person who was there for four days. Salvation is like new birth. You are brought back to life. You were dead. Now you are alive. But after you are alive, another process begins. The process of your deliverance. The process of losing the things that are holding you down. You see, he came out of the, pre- out of the tomb, but he was tired like this. Can't move. Can't raise the hand. Can't raise the leg. Nothing. And many born again are like this, tied up, tamed by life and circumstances. And that's what was going on with this woman in the church for 18 years, tied up, chained, bound, yet in the church. 
Jesus says, lose him and let him go. And it is interesting, that is the same word Jesus used for the woman. Woman, thou art loosed. So don't tell me that you don't need deliverance. You do. And if you are honest, you know that in your dreams, the things that are happening to you in your dreams are nowhere, are nowhere normal. Even though you are going to church, you know yourself. The things you are seeing in your dream, the things that are going on with your money, the things that are going on in your life, everything is pointing to one direction. Something is wrong. And you need to reach a stage where you stop lying to yourself and admit that, look, I need deliverance. Something has to break in my life. Something has to change in my life. I cannot continue lying to myself. And I gave you a process how you can go through that deliverance. And many of you will not follow that process because you have been trained to accept that this is how life is going to be. You have been trained to believe that nothing else can happen. But I came with a good news for you. You can rise. You don't need to get stuck in that place. That, not, it, that doesn't have to be your life. Don't settle for less, my brother. Don't settle for less, my sister. There is something great God has for you. Refuse that limitation. Many of you know that you need to go and confess to a man of God, Pastor, I'm struggling with this. And some of those things are shameful, but you see, if you don't reveal them, they will continue torturing you. You are not coming out. The power of sin is in its secrecy. As long as you are hiding the things, the things remain powerful. You need to expose them. You need to bring them in the open for that, so that you can get help. But sometimes we say to you, no, 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 people will laugh at you. People are laughing at you already. You are going to church and your life is not changing. Nobody wants to follow you. Can't you see that people are not even trusting you? Why are you? And, and what, who cares about people? Were you born with the people? Why are you caring about the people? Many people, you, you see, the shepherd in your area can pray for you and you say, no, no, me, I don't have demons. Me, I don't have this. Me, I don't have that. This, and this, and this, and this. Yet every night, people are sleeping with you. Even the demons are pressing you in the bed. You can't even breathe. Some of you, you, you go to bed in the bed, in the morning you are on the floor. Every night. Yet you are singing in the church. And yet something is wrong in your life. I came to tell you, Jesus came to this world to destroy the works of the devil. Don't continue keeping the works of the devil in your life. Realize that there is a cause. I told you, you need to pray at night. Somebody must lay hands on you and cast those demons out. So you need to expose the demons so that they can be cast out. Wake up at night and pray. You say, Pastor, it's too hard. I'm usually tired, you know. I, 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 can't. I can't. Okay. The struggle will continue. You need to choose. I told you there's a sacrifice to break a sacrifice. You have to make a decision. Praise the name of Jesus. And the last one, you need to serve God. And by serving God, that is how you release the blessing of God. Put your hands together for Jesus. I believe that God is speaking to us. Amen. This morning, we want to move a little bit further and we'll see how far we can go quickly this morning. I'm going to give you the second key that you're going to need to rise. 
and I'm calling it the relationship cost. Remember the first cost is spiritual cost. Now, relationship cost. Praise the name of Jesus. To rise, you will need to build quality relationships. To rise, to rise, you need to build quality relationships. Let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. There are people in this world, are you listening to me? There are people in this world that will be responsible for either your rising or your falling. I know that God can help you rise, but after God, it's people now. The Bible says that Jesus grew in favor before God and before men. So you need to know that there are things God will do and there are things God has empowered men to do for you. And if you don't know how to relate with men, I'm sorry to tell you, no matter how many times you pray, no matter how much you fast, if you don't know how to relate with certain people, Jesus, you may never rise. Luke 2.34, the Bible says, Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many to rise. A child. Jesus was a child. But Simeon told Mary that this child is going to cause many to fall and many to rise. What this verse is telling you is that there are certain people whether they are children or they are already grown up, they have the capacity to cause you to rise. And they also have the capacity to cause you to fall. And you must learn to be careful around them. Are you listening to me? Remaining connected to them will lead to your continual rising. I'm talking about building quality relationships. It takes quality relationships to rise. It takes God to rise, yes. Spirit, angels, prayer. But apart from that, it takes quality relationships. The Bible is full of stories of people who knew people and because they knew those people, something started happening for them. Genesis 13 verse 5. Now Lot was moving about with Abram. Now Lot who was moving about with Abram also had flocks and herds and tents. Just by moving around with Abraham, the one that was blessed, the one God called, Lot went with Abraham. And the Bible says, now Lot who was moving about with Abraham also. So see, as a result of him being around a person who was blessed by God, a person who had a grace from God, as a result of him being around such a person, he also became blessed. He also started rising. And we know when the disconnection took place, Lord lost everything. He lost the wife, he lost the children, he lost the money, he lost everything. He ended up sleeping with his daughters. I mean, it became a worse thing. Who you are connected to. 
Acts chapter 4, verse 13. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that these were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and then they realized they had been with Jesus. These guys were not trained. They were not educated. They didn't go to school. But they were producing amazing results. And people were like, where did they get this? And then they figured, ah, we know where it's coming from. These people were with Jesus. And because they were with Jesus, it is explaining why we see these results. Proverbs 13, verse 20, walk with the wise. He who walks with the wise will be wise. But the companion of fools will be destroyed. Mark 1, 17, Jesus said to them, follow me. I will make you become, I like that version. New King James, I will make you become fishers of men. You see, you only become by following somebody. You only become, you don't become by going to school. You become by following somebody. Your relationships, the people you are connected to can make you become something you were never supposed to become if you are not connected to those people. Are you listening to me this morning? I'm telling to you that many of you will rise only by being connected to a certain person. Or the reason why you are not rising, could it be that you disconnected yourself? You disconnected yourself from somebody who holds your destiny. You look to me like the prodigal son who didn't realize what he had. He thought he can just go anywhere and it will be the same success. He was in the house of the father, he was in the house and everything was going nice. And he felt, no, 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 I think I can be my own man now. I don't need this man, he's an old man. I need to push my own buttons now. I need, I need my own roof above my head. I need to jive. I need to do what I want to, to I, I want. I want to do the things I want to do. Every day in this house is Papa Mohodo. Papa Mohodo. I want to eat some spaghetti. I want to eat some, some prawns and some calamaris. I want, to, I want to be in a place where I do what I feel. Old man, your time with me is up. Game over. I'm out of here. Then he stepped out. And as he stepped out, for a few days, everything was nice. You see, this thing does start immediately. When you go, it looks like it's fine. You are, in, in fact, it even looks like you are succeeding. Before you realize. You see, when you uproot a tree from the soil, it doesn't die immediately. It still looks green. Give it a bit of time. It starts drying up. Many of us are drying up right now simply because you disconnected yourself from people God had brought into your life to lead to your rising. You took them for granted because they were always kind to you. You took them for granted because they never really fight you. All they want is to help you. You took them for granted and today you move out of their lives your roots are drying up. Your trunk is drying up. Your leaves are falling down. Mercy. 
Let me tell you something. Satan's greatest attack against you is his attack on your relationships. I think many people are not aware of this. Many people don't know that Satan is not just interested in making you seek this. He wants to destroy relationships. Because almost everything God does for you comes from a person. It takes a person to bless you. Give, it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed and shaken over. Shall men give unto your bosom. So God uses men to give to you. How does Satan attack your relationships? Well, number one, obstruction. Making you never to meet the person you're supposed to meet. Do you understand? Like he obstructs you. There are people you are supposed to meet by now. You haven't met them. That's why your life is the way it is. Let me tell you that. That's why you must learn to pray in the night and call your destiny helpers. Call them to enter your life. Some of them want to come, but every time there is an obstruction. You are supposed to be at point A, you are in point B. And they come to point A, you are not there. Obstruction. Satan uses obstruction. Paul says, I have meant to come to you many times. Satan has blocked me. Some of you, the person that is supposed to marry you is already on earth. I mean, you must know he's already on earth. He's here. But you haven't met him. Can you believe my wife was in my Bella Pudi? In fact, what am I saying? My wife was in the same church with me. And I thought my wife is in Australia. Obstruction. And I was obstructed and obsessed with those thoughts. Yet my wife was with me every day. Some of you, a destiny helper is around the corner. The person that is supposed to elevate your life is just nearby. But you are obstructed. Satan is blocking the view and is making the person to not see you and is making you to not see the person. This morning, in the name of Jesus, I decree the release of your destiny helpers. In the name of Jesus Christ. Another tool Satan uses is division. When you have met them, you've started the relationship, Satan brings division. Number one is obstruction, but it's division. You start well. How many friends you've seen? They were good friends. They were going well. They were even business partners. And they were helping each other. Then there are misunderstandings. And then there are divisions. And everybody goes their way. He has, he has destroyed a good relationship that could have led to everybody rising. He uses confusion. He uses suspicion. You start suspecting things. You start having your own thoughts. You start pulling away. You start holding back because you are suspicious. I think this person wants to take advantage of me. I think this person wants to double cross me. You become suspicious. All these things are seeds that destroy the relationships. He uses disloyalty. That's what he used against the relationship of Judas and Jesus. He made Judas disloyal. And before long, Judas was nowhere to be found. He uses betrayal. He uses familiarity. There are certain people God has given you and you have become too familiar with them. You have become so familiar that the power that is supposed to live their life to enter you is no more available. Like the people are there, but there's no power. Because you have become familiar. 
Lastly, Satan uses death. Oh yeah. Satan is able, if you let him, he will kill a person that is very important in your life. And you see, and it's when the person dies, then you realize the importance the person was playing in your life. The reason why you have to pray for your relationships, the reason why you have to not joke with them is either emotional death, it's either spiritual death, or it can become even physical death. It can become financial death. Somebody who was supposed to help you is no more willing to help you. There is death. And I'm telling you, Satan used death to destroy the relationship of Jesus with the disciples. He made Jesus to die and brought confusion. Are you listening to me? Very important. So this morning, I want you to understand that for your life to rise, there are certain people that have to be a part of your life. And when you play with them, and when you joke with them, and when you let Satan come and destroy those relationships, I promise you, you stop rising. You reach a cul-de-sac, you get stuck. You, and some of you are coming to church, you are praying, heaven's open, heaven's open, Jesus, fire, fire, fire. You go out, nothing has moved one minute. Because the demons are saying, look, it's not us all. We didn't do nothing this time. This one, we didn't do nothing. It's not us. We are not responsible. This one you are bringing, and we, we are not responsible. Satan is saying, look, I don't know what these people are talking about. I don't know. The, the, I am not responsible for this one. It is their own foolishness. Receive wisdom to build quality relationships and to maintain quality relationships. God will elevate you through people. God will cause you to rise through people. It takes a person to lift you up. I have never seen a baby rising up by himself. You are born and then you are, you are feeding yourself. You are removing your own diapers. You are making your own milk. Then you are crossing your legs with your, your bottle and you are drinking. No, 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 that's witchcraft. I've never seen that before. A baby needs somebody to help them grow. And if the baby decides, no, 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 I think I'm enough, I'm enough, I'm enough. I don't want my mother anymore. I don't want my father anymore. I'm on my own. That's the end of the baby's growth. That's the end of the baby's rising. And this is what happens with our lives. Three types of relationship God is going to bless you with. Number one, God is going to bless you with people above you. There are certain people that God places above you, like your husband. Please, ladies, understand your husband is not at your level. Hello. The Bible says the husband is the head of the wife. I mean, how could that be more clear? He is the head. When you joke with that relationship, you're going to open doors to big problems. Your husband, your parents honor your father and your mother so that it shall be well with you. So when you don't honor them, it shall not be well with you. It's as simple as that. These are people above you. These are relationships above your head. And you need to learn how you relate with them. There are people watching me this morning that will not rise because they have despised 
their parents. And even God cannot help. The only help is to go and repent and ask for forgiveness. Another person above you is your pastor. When you think your pastor is your equal, you are arguing with him. The Bible says, by a prophet, God brought Israel out of Egypt. It takes a man of God to take you out of the world. When you start joking with your prophet, <laughs> I don't see your future in view. Another person above your head is your boss, your employer. Your employer is not your friend. Your employer is not somebody that you join. Maybe some of you, your employer, sometimes you are even intimidating them. They gave you a simple instruction, you do this, you do this. Then before long, they teach you who is in charge. When foolishness enters your head, you will play with the people God has placed above your head. The Bible tells you how to relate with each one of these people. It's in the Bible. How to relate with your husband. How to submit to him. Hey, can you submit to your equal? Submit to your husband. Honor your father and your mother. Obey your leaders and serve your employers well. Not only when they can see you, even when they don't see you. If you were doing just this one, your life would be rising like this. Like this. Some of us, husband, we disrespect. Father, we insult. Mother, we rebel. Pastor, we leave and criticize. Employer, we disobey and are disrespectful. Then we come to church. God says, what? You are lost. Number two, the people besides you. Your wife. I'm talking now to the husband. That's somebody beside you. Your friends. These are people, wonderful people God is going to give you to help your experience on earth have a color. Your colleagues at work, your classmates, all these are certain relationships that God has brought to help you. And I'm giving them, you see, like I'm talking with your wife to show that, I mean, your wife is far better than your friends. You understand? And like, I try to give them a bit of order. In case you are married, if you are not married, then your friends. The Bible says there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. There are certain friends God has given you, and you must know that those God will never give you, if you are a Christian, God cannot give you worldly friends. Because the Bible says that do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. So you cannot tell me that you are a child of God and you have a friend who is an unbeliever and you are telling me God gave you that person. God does not compromise and, and, and contradict himself. We don't choose our family, but we choose our friends. So the people that are your friends are people you chose. And you choose your friends based on where you are going. So if you know that you are not going far, you will just take anybody. But when you know where you are going, you will choose good friends. People who can encourage you. People who can empower you. People who will challenge you to rise. Let me ask you a question. Who are your friends? 
Who are your friends? Weed smokers. Weed smokers. Your friends are weed smokers. They are your friends. People who don't respect their parents, they are your friends. And they come and tell you how they disrespected their mother. They even, they were even about to slap her. And they say, yeah, yeah, ish. No, you know, I'm learning something. By learning what? By learning what? By learning what? Mercy on me. Your friends. Your friends. Be careful. You choose the wrong friend, you go the wrong way. Choose your friends well. Choose people who love God. They will encourage you to love God. Choose people who are serving God. They will encourage you to serve God. Choose friends who pray. Are you using such criteria to choose friends? Like how, much, how many hours do you pray? You don't have such, you see, you, you don't even want people who pray. The reason why some of these afflictions are staying in believers is because believers love the world. It's as simple as that. You cannot cast what you love. You cannot cast away and destroy what you have accepted. I look at our, our people, how we dress, how we carry ourselves. We want to look just like the world. So if you want to look just like the world, how can you take the world out? All we want is to look like them. That's why there's no power. That's why the woman was bended for 18 years. I see you breaking out in the name of Jesus. Number three, those under you. This is relationship God is going to give you. Your children. Your team. Your members. If you are the pastor, the members of your church. And your employees, if you are the boss. Your helper in the house. These are people that are kind of under you. But each one of them can lead to your rising or your falling. Be careful. As I'm closing, I don't want you to now, some of you, you are, not, you are just, you are not, you are not okay. As I, I, even as I'm looking at you, you are not okay. Ask your neighbor, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? This is why I love a love Bible church because here the Bible comes alive and God gets to help you. God gets to change you so that you can rise. This is what it takes to rise. And I hope you're now beginning to understand why not so many people are up. Seven keys to maintaining your relationships. What can I do to maintain good relationships? Number one, avoid competition and jealousy. Many relationships are destroyed because we are competing instead of completing one another. God will give you a friend and this friend has come to help you rise but you are not learning from him. You are beginning to already compete with him. Instead of humbling yourself and allowing him or her to complete you. You are jealous of their shoes. You are jealous of their car. You are jealous of their house. Then you become insecure. Then you start pulling away. Competition, an enemy to healthy relationships. 
Jealousy. The Bible says in the book of Paul 14 verse 30, a peaceful heart leads to a healthy body. But jealousy is like cancer in the bones. When there is jealousy in a relationship, things will be rotten. Things will be rotten. May God deliver you from jealousy. Stop being jealous and envious of people God has brought in your life to help elevate your life. Jealousy will make you insecure. Jealousy will make you detach yourself from somebody you are supposed to learn from so that your life can rise. Jealousy will make you proud instead of being humble to be taught and trained and corrected. Number two, avoid gossip and backbiting in your relationships. Let me tell you something. The moment you start speaking against somebody God has given you, something starts happening in the spirit. You must still smile at them when you see them. But when they turn their back, you, you gossip about them. In the spirit, something starts breaking. It's a matter of time. Anybody you gossip against, it will not be long. They will be removed from your life. Gossips, backbiting, saying things behind people's back. James 4.11 says, don't speak evil against each other. Don't speak evil against each other. Believers in the church gossiping here, backbiting there, speaking against this one, even speaking against the pastor, speaking against the pastor's wife, speaking against one another. The Bible says, don't speak evil against one another. Dear brothers and sisters, if you criticize or judge each other, then you are criticizing and judging God's law. Why? Because a human being is the image of God. When you are criticizing a human being, you are criticizing God. Avoid gossip. Brothers and sisters, let us not spread gossip. Let us spread the gospel. We are not here to spread gossips. Let's spread the gospel. This is our year of preaching. It's not our year of chit-chatting. Number three, avoid offense in your relationships. You know, let me tell you something. People that easily get offended will never last in any relationship. What is offense? The ease with which you easily get irritated and angry. Like you get irritated so easily. You get angry so easily. That is offense. The Bible says, good sense makes one slow to anger. And it is his glory to overlook an offense. Your maturity is your ability to overlook a mistake. Somebody said what they were not supposed to say. Instead of getting offended, you overlook it. That's maturity. That's maturity. But this thing where every minute, look, people will not stay there long. Because nobody is perfect to be an angel in front of you all the time, 24 7. People make mistakes. Receive grace to overlook an offense in Jesus' name. Number four, practice forgiveness in your relationships. No relationship will thrive without forgiveness. You cannot dwell in any relationship, be it those above you, those beside you, those under you. If you don't forgive, the relationship will not last. 
Matthew 11, 25, when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. How many times we are praying? In fact, we are praying and complaining against the people we hate. Do you really think God is hearing that prayer? He says, forgive them so that I can hear your prayer. So until you forgive, your prayer is not even being heard. Now that's why some families are stuck because you are angry at your husband or your husband is angry at you and they are not forgiving you and now they are praying and God can't do much because first of all, we must forgive each other. Why? Because when we were sinners, God forgave us. Forgive your children. They're going to do a lot of funny stuff. But you must find it in your heart to forgive them. Forgive your disciples. Many of them will disappoint you. Many of them will let you down. Forgive your pastors. They are not perfect. I remember Eli, who confused the prayer of Anna as drunkenness. He said, woman, how long are you going to be drunk? He says, no, my Lord, I'm not drunk. I'm praying. Easy opportunity to be offended by your pastor. Number five, be tolerant in your relationships. Be tolerant. What am I saying that? Because you need to accept the fact that some people will not change. You have to accept them the way they are. So forgiveness here doesn't work. What works here is tolerant. Because, you see, when I forgive you, I'm hoping that you're going to change. Do you understand? If I'm forgiving you, I'm giving you another chance. I'm going to give you another chance. One, one last chance. I'm giving one last chance. Listen, there are people, you can give them a thousand chances. They will not change. So you have to move from forgiveness eh, to tolerance. So you have to tolerate the person. Look, I think you will not change. I must figure out how to tolerate that this is what it might be for the rest of our lives. I must accept that in this house, the volume of the TV will always be 100%. I must accept that in this house, I'll be eating salty food for the rest of my life. And if I'm not careful, I'm going to die earlier. You must accept it. You must accept it. Not everybody is going to change. I hope by now you have noticed that some people don't change. So for you to relate with them, you need to just tolerate that, look, he, he's okay. But he has that thing, when it comes, I just give him away. She's okay, but she has that thing, when it starts, I'm just going to adjust. Receive grace to tolerate, receive grace to tolerate. Number six, contribute to the relationship. Relationships are maintained when everybody is bringing in something in the relationship. The question I have for you this morning is, what are you bringing on the table? In a relationship where you are only taking, 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 are you a giraffe? Are you an elephant? That you are just eating and eating and eating. Even the elephant, sometimes he releases something small for the earth to produce more. You know why people are running away from you? You are a problem. You are a problem. When you come, they know your hair. Just now you are asking for money. Or you be complaining. What are you adding to the relationship? What, what are you completing in the relationship? I want you to think about it. What are you adding to the relationship with those above you? 
What are you adding to relationship with those besides you? And what are you adding to relationship with those under you? Because if you are not adding anything, it's a matter of time. The relationship will dissolve. It will dissolve. Lastly, practice genuine love in your relationship. Let me tell you something. You have to reach a point where you realize that it's more about the people also than what they are bringing in the relationship. If you have a relationship with people just because of what you are getting from them, then the day they stop giving it, you see, you must love people for who they are before you access what they have. Don't be a gold digger. You are in need to get it. Don't be a gold digger. Be a genuine person. When people feel that you genuinely love them, you are not around because of what they have, but you are around because of who they are. Let me tell you something, brothers and sisters, they will freely release what they have. They will go out of their way to make you rise. As I'm, talking, as I'm talking to you this morning, there's somebody in this country, South Africa, who could have caused you to rise years ago. But you probably broke one of these principles that I am teaching you this morning because you didn't know. I'm going to make sure that our media team places these things on our Facebook page, some of these notes, because I don't trust you remember everything. I want you to go back through them one by one seven ways to build sustainable relationships. I hope that this is a blessing to you. I hope that this can cause your life to start rising a little bit more, that you are not just stuck. You see, it's not just the demons now. It's also your attitude. It's also the way you relate with people. It's also contributing because God has a part to play and man has a part to play. So when you play nice with God and you play wrong with men, you get stuck still. May God give you grace to relate well with those above you, to honor them, to relate well with those beside you, to treat them well and to learn from them, not compete with them, and to relate well with those under you, to share what you have learned with them so that they feel also that they can rise. Because the same way some people can cause you to rise, you too can cause certain people to rise. And you should help other people rise so that other people can help you rise. One of the ways you can help people rise is by sharing the gospel with them. Let me tell you something. Nothing is better than salvation. Every time you go out and you tell somebody about Jesus, you are helping them rise out of hell into heaven. You are helping them rise out of sin into salvation. As you are helping them rise, God says, I also will help you rise. When you are inviting people to the stream side, you are helping them rise because they're going to come and they're going to hear something and that thing can change their whole life. Don't hold back, my brother. As you are holding back, people are holding back for you too. But as you are going out of your way, maybe you don't have money, but you have Jesus. Peter says, silver and gold I don't have. What I have, I'm giving you, Jesus. You have Jesus. Who have you given Jesus this year? This is the year of preaching the word. Who have you given Jesus to? We are already in March. Who has received Jesus? We keep saying that I'm going somewhere, I'm preaching somewhere, I'm leading someone to Jesus Christ. 
Are you joking? Who have you led since Jane? You see now? Then you want God to just come and do everything for you. Oh no, my brother. Oh, no, no. Don't sit at home doing nothing. But God must come and do everything. Why must people help you rise? When they are in sin, you are not helping them rise. You want to rise? Help somebody else rise. Help them rise out of sin. Help them rise out of those things that are holding them down. Whatever you have, give them. And whatever others have, they will give to you. Stand on your feet, everybody. Give the Lord a hand of praise this morning. I believe you can do better than that. Give the Lord a hand of praise. If you are blessed, if this word has blessed you at any level, I want you to raise your hand right now and to start thanking God. Just open your mouth and begin to thank him. Lord, thank you for speaking to me today. Thank you for speaking into my heart today. Thank you for speaking. Come on, everybody, open your mouth and begin to pray right now. Everybody in every stream side, wherever you are, even if you are connected online, open your mouth and ask God to help you. First of all, thank him for the word that has come this morning. Thank him for the word that has come with the power to heal you, with the power to bless you. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus, we thank you this morning. We thank you this morning. Ask God now to give you grace to start a healing process in your relationships. Some of you are having serious problems simply because you are not relating well with the people you're supposed to relate with. Ask God to help you today. Ask God to help you this morning. Father, remember me now. Remember me now. Help me establish and maintain good relationship. You are praying, you are praying. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Give you praise. Give you praise. Thank you, Lord. Right about now, I want to pray for people that are watching this morning. And you are saying, Father, I want to have a relationship with you. Christianity is not religion. It's a relationship with a living God. Right now, I want to help somebody. You are not born again. You are blessed by the message that was preached today. But deep down in your heart, you know that things are not right between you and God. You are like the prodigal son. You left home. Listen, God wants to heal your heart. Jesus wants you back home. Listen to me. Christianity is not about church. Church is good. A church is not salvation. Salvation is a person. His name is Jesus Christ. And until he enters your heart, you are not saved. If you die in that condition, you're going to hell. I'm sorry to be a bit of bad news, but you need to know the truth. The good news is this morning you can receive eternal life by accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Everything can turn to you. If you are watching right now and you are saying, Pastor, I want you to be born again. I've heard about it. I've never experienced it. Well, if that is you, I want to count up to three. I want you to raise your right hand. I'm going to pray with you. One, two, 
three. Raise your right hand. God bless you. God bless you. God bless all of you that are raising your hands right now. God bless you. Please take your hands down. Now, those that are already born again, you are watching, you are already born again, but you want to recommit your life to Jesus. You are saying, Pastor, so many relationships have been broken because of foolishness. I want to get back my life on track. Well, start by getting things right with the living God, your heavenly Father. Before you go to the people, start with God. Come back home today. I'm talking to somebody watching. You are actually the prodigal son, the prodigal daughter. You've wasted yourself. And right now you are empty. Come back home. God will forgive you. No matter what you've done, he will forgive you. He will give you a second chance and yet another chance. At the count of three, you are saying, Pastor, I want to recommit my life to Jesus. I want to pray with you. One, two, three. Raise it up. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Now, all the people that have raised your hands, I want us to pray together before I hand you over to the pastor where you are or to the shepherd or the stream side that where you are. Listen, let's pray. I want you to repeat this word from the bottom of your heart. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you today. Forgive me my sins. Wash me with your blood. I believe you died for me on the third day you rose again that I might be justified. Right now, I believe my sins are forgiven. I'm justified by your blood. I'm saved. I'm restored. I'm born again. I'm a child of God. I am free from the power of sin to serve the living God. Thank you, Jesus, for receiving me. Thank you, Jesus, for restoring me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. May God bless you. Please drop us a comment in the comment section to tell us how this message has helped you. Remember also to subscribe to receive notifications on our latest sermons. You can also watch Pastor Pascal live every Sunday morning from 10 a.m. on our church Facebook page, Alive Bible Church HQ. Or you can worship with us live in one of our branches in Sun City, Macharora, Padima, Mukwase, Lidach, Rustenburg, and beyond. Have a blessed day and remember, we are alive to give life. Whether you pray.